the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is episode number 104 of the aforementioned Purple Mafia. I am so happy to have you on board once again today. And, uh, well, <laughs> last week I was unavailable. A lot of stuff came up at the same time. Just a lot of stuff going on with my uh, beautiful lady. So um, just had to <laughs> a lot of stuff had to get done with her family and such. Uh, so, I was unable to do the show last week, I do apologize, busy stuff going on, but I'm back, I'm back in for the, for the long haul, or so I'd like to believe at this point, but yeah, as mentioned, episode number 104, Pro Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show, well, the Vikings lose yet another one. Yes, they do. They are now 2-11. and 11. They, we, whatever you want to call us, <laughs> the Viking fans and everything. Yeah, we're 2-11, and 11, guys, and it's uh, not looking so great. But, hey, this game, the last two games, I could kind of throw in Den- the Denver game a tiny bit in a way. Uh, neither one of these games did not end without entertainment. Uh, a very entertaining game, very uh, dramatic. But unfortunately, very similar results. Christian Ponder has become a turnover prone quarterback the past few weeks. It has been awfully frustrating. Yes, it has. And Ponder, of course, hurt last week at a hip pointer. And um, while he was able to play again today, Adrian Peterson has not played either of the last two games. Not sure if and when he is going to return. Some people would go as far as to say, just sit him the rest of the season. What's the point? We're 2-11. and Let's just take it and get a get the number two pick because it doesn't look like the Colts are going to win a single game this year. Maybe they'll win one and be 1-15. and which, of course, is mathematically has them ahead of us, no matter what. But um, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, the games were entertaining the past few weeks, but the same result. I mean, this team is incapable of winning football games, and that's pretty much going to be the title of the show for episode number 104. Um, by the way, Dylan Richardson was the guy that uh, was kind enough to introduce me at the beginning of the, the very beginning of the show, calling me Paladino Joey, and I am, of course, your host, Joey Awajan. Paladino is a nickname. Uh, I love it. it given to me a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, it's good times <laughs> being a bar on board the sportstuff.com. Dylan Richardson is the uh, executive producer of the website and the, the station, you could call it. Uh, great to be on board, as always. But, unfortunately, yeah, it's getting tougher and tougher to be a Viking fan. But I'm still here, and I could tell a lot of you guys are still here as well. Uh, Dan Taylor's disappeared a little bit. Well, he last, his last post on the Facebook page was about uh, Vikings expected to re- release McNabb. Uh, yeah, that was a little while ago. Uh, can no, yeah, no complaint at Don Taylor. I'm sure he's busy or something, or maybe just sick and tired of this team right now. 
I don't blame him. I'm sure you're listening out there, Dan, and uh, here's a, that's a shout-out to you. You're awesome. So, uh, well, we're going to, of course, review the game, and then we're going to preview the <laughs> following game. Yeah, isn't that exciting? Yeah, we're going to preview the following game next week because there is no bye week. The bye week is long gone, and it's, yeah, let's just move on. Yeah, Vikings host New Orleans next week, of course. That'll be... Uh, and entertaining, I'm sure. Vikings then go to Washington, I believe. Um, in fact, yeah, we do, yep. The Vikings go to Washington and then host Chicago for the season finale. Uh, will Leslie Frazier win his third football game of the season to avoid the whole, uh, to avoid tying or <laughs> being even worse than Les Steckel? Hard to say right now. I say no, unfortunately. Right now, I kind of think the Vikings are going to be 2 and 14. That's the number that the, the quarterback of the day wore. Yeah, number 14, that's Joe Webb. The webmaster has arrived. He has returned <laughs> to the Vikings as the starting quarterback. Well, no, not the starting quarterback. He was the current quarterback during the third quarter. Uh, we all know Christian Ponder's not going to just run on the bench forever. That's not going to happen. So let's just kind of like avoid that conversation for the time being. He's a good quarterback, but he's certainly, certainly running into a wall. As I talk about during the Twitter, and of course during the re- uh, reviewing the game, uh, we're going to kind of go to the Twitter first. We're going to, of course, merge the two uh, Facebook group and Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Give that a follow. It would be great. Thank you very much. Anyhow, we'll continue. Lots of, uh, lots of opportunities in today's game, and we just did not win the game, did we? And, uh, well, the whole theme of the game in terms of Christian Ponder, basically Christian Favre Ponder. That's what he was. Christian Carve Ponder forcing into triple coverage. And he did it on multiple occasions today. And, of course, last week he threw an interception right away, right away last week, costing the Vikings a chance to win the game. Um, that was very depressing. Vikings losing 35-32 to 32 in an extremely entertaining game. It was quiet for a while and then just absolutely exploded. This week's similar, really. Uh, Detroit, uh, though, <laughs> came out guns a-blazing. We're crushing the Vikings. Totally crushing them in the first half. Uh, if you want to say tale of two halves, the Vikings went 14 to three in the second half. I lost track of the second half score because that kind of disappeared. The Vikings no longer were leading in the first half and blowing big first half leads anymore. So it's like that bit would have gotten kind of old, and there's no point anymore to keep up with it. But uh, yeah, the Lions led 21 to seven after the after the uh, the first quarter. It felt like a hundred to, to nothing, but. Uh, it was 21 to nothing at a point, and then the Vikings had a very nice drive. Yep, it was a very quick deal. Uh, Detroit Lions leading 14 to nothing, just over five minutes into the game. Christian Ponder fumbling for a well, a fumble six. <laughs> it was a fumble six. I mean, what the hell, right? What the hell? Whatever, right? Fumble six. Great, thanks, Christian. We appreciate that so very much. There were six turnovers in this game, by the way, folks. Speaking of the number six. Six turnovers by the Minnesota Vikings, ladies and gentlemen. That's a little too many. Zero by the Lions. So it's like, why did we win the game? Why didn't we win the game? Well, that's why. <laughs> Statistically, the Vikings were great, except in the turnovers. I mean, look at the total yards: four hundred and twenty-five to two eighty in favor of Minnesota, twenty-eight to thirteen in favor of Minnesota in first downs. That is remarkable, and a lot of that goes to Joe Webb and Toby Gerhardt, who I kind of tore a new one two weeks ago. And the last two weeks, Toby Gerhardt has been pretty doggone good. 
19 carries, 90 yards, 4.7 a carry, uh, including getting a fourth down uh, conversion, a couple of fourth, third down conversions. Looking fantastic in that sense. Definitely. Um, <laughs> Toby Gerhardt has definitely been on the, the rise. I like that. But overall, this was a game of turnovers. Toby Gerhardt was not <laughs> the man turning the football over. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Christian Ponder threw three interceptions in this game, folks. Yeah, and he had four turnovers overall. Four turnovers for Christian Ponder in a fairly short time. In a fairly short time. About two and a half quarters or so was when uh, Christian Ponder eventually was hurt and it was time to, or not hurt, was basically taken out of the game. His third interception. All three of Christian Ponder's interceptions today were terrible. They were terrible. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself already. Uh, just, it's a mess. Uh, Leslie Frazier, again, the penalties are extremely high. Detroit started getting more penalties than the Vikings as things wore on. But overall, the Vikings, early on, it just looked like a mess. Penalties, turnovers, everything. And it's like, Leslie, you know, how much, how much more of this do we have to see before we start wondering, can Leslie Frazier coach in the National Football League at the head coach position? Yes, he's, he can be a great assistant. He's a, he was a very good defensive coordinator, though many would argue he was a little bit vanilla, not really trying to force turnovers, not, not really trying to win the turnover battle, just trying to shut people down, prevent yards. So, okay, that's semi-good and semi-not good. A lot of us would like to see a few more turnovers. It helped the New Orleans Saints, didn't it? And helped Detroit today, too. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, you know, Christian Ponder, out of control. He, he had a career day last week, 381 yards, uh, three touchdowns. He was outstanding, but costly interception late in the game. He, he threw two interceptions last week. Um, Ponder, of course, you know, along the way, lots of promise, but definitely, definitely hitting the mental wall a little bit here. I mean, <laughs> he is. Yes, he is. Uh, just uh, very out of control, trying to force stuff way too much. It doesn't look good. He was just, he was flat, but he was benched today. Christian Ponder was benched today for another quarterback who's got this <laughs> who's not very accurate. Fifty-two percent in fact. But Ponder as well today was fifty-two percent. Against a Detroit defense that's improving. The defensive line is very, very good. But at the same time <laughs> come on. I mean this, you can score on this football team. You can. <coughs> it doesn't help that our offensive line, excuse me for that cough there, that wasn't even supposed to yeah, you're not supposed to really be hearing that stuff, but whatever. Um, yeah, the defensive line of Detroit is really good, but you can also argue the offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings is horrendous. Uh, Phil Oldhold is pretty much getting penalties, getting beat. Uh, Anthony Herrera played. He's back. That's good, but he's not hit really healthy. Steve Hutchinson hasn't been healthy since since 1960. I mean, <laughs> whatever. You know, Steve Hutchinson hasn't been healthy since I don't know when. I don't know when Steve Hutchinson was last healthy, but 2006 maybe when he got here. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, the O-line. I mean, there are so many holes in this team, I can't even believe it. And again, I'm dancing around. I'm a little hyper. <laughs> you know, especially when I'm away for a week. I'm just ready to roll, you know. I'm ready to roll. It was an entertaining football game. There's no doubt about it. <sighs> but the way this game started, it was just kind of like... <laughs> I mean, what? Whatever. <laughs> Let's. It was just. It was just boring. It was frustrating. But speaking of lack of organization, speaking of holes, uh, you know, in the positions of importance, 
Luckily, not a hole at the quarterback or at running back. Because apparently Toby Gerhardt is better than I've been talking about. I've been talking a lot of trash about him. And I semi-apologize and semi-don't apologize. Because I think Toby Gerhardt wasn't good at times in the past. Today, I think overall he was excellent. Last week, for the most part, he was good. But uh, speaking of holes, you know, to get to the point here... (laughs) Is there a bigger hole in football than the Minnesota Vikings secondary? I'm not sure about that. So when Detroit went for that 21-point lead, Cedric Griffin was like about eight yards behind his man. Of course, yeah, it's Megatron and everything. You know, Megatron. I I don't even know why they call him that. I guess because he's big and strong. That's great. I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot. It's It's a cool name, but it's, I don't know. I don't really see him transforming into a big giant robot or anything, but I guess maybe it's because he's just a big guy. (laughs) Um, But no, to the point again, excuse me, he was about, he he may have been more than 8 yards. In fact, I think it was more like 15 yards behind the play. uh, Was just completely destroyed by Chad Johnson. Why am I calling him Chad Johnson? (laughs) Kelvin Johnson, excuse me. Um, Just utterly destroyed by him. An absolute insult, really, to be honest. An insult. An absolute joke, the way things uh, took place. It was, I I have no idea what the hell that was. um, (laughs) You had Jamarcus Sanford coming over, you know, basically a futile effort, whatever, it's too late. Ocho why am I calling him this again? (laughs) Megatron is in the end. I'm getting Chad Johnson and Kelvin Johnson mixed up, and I'm sorry. But it was, uh, it was embarrassing, humiliating. It sure was, actually. <laughs> and I'm calling him Kelvin Johnson. The actual touchdown was to Titus Young. He got beat by Kelvin Johnson as well along the way. But this was to Kel- Titus Young, a 57-yard touchdown. Um, but yeah, like 15 yards behind him. It was an absolute joke. So apologize on the name there. But uh, Kelvin Johnson was in there as well for one of those. Uh, a, a deep play. It wasn't a touchdown, but a deep reception by... Uh, Calvin Johnson on Cedric Griffin. Just Griffin just been miles behind people all day. It's an absolute joke. An absolute joke. Cedric Griffin should just be out of here. He really should. He should. There's no doubt about it. It was just not even worth it. Not even worth uh, paying attention to. Cedric Griffin is is gone. I I think by the at the end of the year I predicted that for quite a while. Screw Cedric Griffin. You know, and he doesn't want to talk to the media, but it's like you don't want to talk to the media, okay, but what right do you have to basically be like, I don't want to talk to the media? Like, what did the media do to you, Cedric, that that is such a terrible thing? Like, did they invade your privacy, or uh, did they totally, uh, like, are you a great player who was just totally wronged somehow by somebody's opinion uh, of your play in a certain game, or what the hell is your problem, Cedric? Get the hell out of here. Go. Go. You're done. You know, I mean, I, the Vikings need to cut him. Um, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, hey, you know, I come up here. Of course, my tweets may seem to be too negative at times to some of you. I mean, I might come on here just kind of bitchy and negative at times on the Twitter account and, of course, on here. But it's like, this has been a historically bad season. And it's 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 just strange. I mean... Why do we have to have cornerbacks that cannot cover anybody? They can't cover anybody. Titus Young just, you know, walking right through us. 
Kelvin Johnson, Pettigrew. Pettigrew would, you know, they, they do short pass to Pettigrew, long pass to Titus Young, whoever it is. And it's like, it's guaranteed, obviously, a catch. And not only a catch, but <laughs> nobody really being close to him. Oh, but if people are close to him, they're going to miss the tackle. It's just, what the, what the bleep? <laughs> when they are close to him, they miss the tackle. Otherwise, they're miles away and they catch it and go for a touchdown. It's, we just can't win, period. We can't win on plays, and we can't win in the games in general. No matter what happens, we just this is a team that cannot win, period. They just cannot win. Do you want to call it bad luck, or do you want to just call it bad football? I think it's a combination of both, more leading in the bad football range. Sorry again to be negative, but i got to say what i got to say. Yeah, um, and, of course, yeah, and on that Titus Young touchdown, there was talks about, well, he wasn't, he may have not been in the end zone. They did a booth, booth review, and it's like, well, he would have. It would have been first in inches anyway. Big deal. You think we're going to stop him? It's not because again I'm being negative. There's no evidence to support the Vikings. We're going to stop the Detroit Lions here. There's zero evidence. Zip, zilch, zero evidence at all. So it was like, whatever. Let's just move on. Um, whatever. Again, can't stop short plays, can't stop long plays. Ah, hell, we can't stop any play. It's just whatever. You just move on from that. None. Zero. And it's like, basically, yeah, that was the 14 to nothing at that point for uh, Detroit and the Brandon Pettigrew. It was just Detroit got the ball back. It was like a couple, two or three passes down the field. And next thing you know, Brandon Pettigrew's in the end zone. There's nobody even close to him. It's like, whatever, it's 21 nothing. All right, half the state's probably got the TV turned off already. <coughs> there we go again, excuse me. It's like, whatever. What's the point? Uh, Dan Cole had a tweet today, which is great. I love it. He says, this is the worst team in pro football. It ain't Indy. They're, in they're intentionally tanking it. Embarrassing. So basically, yeah, he's saying we're even worse. The Indy's, like, actually intentionally tanking it. So, yeah, it's it's it's... It's sad, it's frustrating, and it's it's 100% true. Yep. I mean, at least we're going to get a good draft pick. Unfortunately, Khalil, which, of course, that's just happened since the last show, since episode 103. Apparently, Khalil, the lineman, the big-time left tackle, will not be available. He's, uh, kind of, he's talk, talking about returning to college next year, so that totally sucks for Viking fans who need that left tackle because, uh, I'm sorry, but Charlie Johnson is not that. Charlie Johnson, Charles Johnson, Chuck Johnson, Charles, whatever you want to call him. You know, hit the road, Jack. Hit the road. There's another player that needs to hit the road. Cedric Griffin should go. Charles, Charlie Johnson is, well, it's not even hit the road. It's like, just sit down, whatever. I mean, <laughs> again, I have no idea how Charlie Johnson started in Indiana. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I am shocked, miffed confused, no understanding to what the hell happened there. Zip. What the hell? Why? Why is? Why was he starting? <laughs> no understanding there at all. None. So again, we'll move on. Um, penalties finally started to change in the Detroit deal. Uh, I guess constant uh, talk this week has been that Wesley Frazier will be back next year. Constant talk this week. Announcers constantly talking about it. Well, and you can't, you know, and Dan Taylor and others have saying, well, you can't fire him after one year. And it's like, still, I understand that, but at the same time, it's like, yay. Leslie Frazier's going to be back. Yay. Isn't that exciting? Wow. How, how could I just, how could I be any more excited? 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even saying I want to fire Fraser so badly, but it's like, hmm, is there any reason to really feel happy about it either? <laughs> now we're going to get to another thing that obviously reared its ugly head during the game today. I mean, <laughs> absolutely reared its ugly head during the game today. Uh, Lorenzo Booker. You know, Lorenzo Booker, he's got explosive speed. He's he just, you know, he's got those quick feet. He's got the, he can juke a little bit. He's a talented guy. Well, where's Lorenzo Booker? Why aren't we using him? Well, we saw why we're not using Lorenzo Booker. This guy is incapable of hanging on to the football. He's incapable of it. I, I mean, he got the ball one time, one flipping time, and got the ball knocked out of his hand. Luckily, it was this, the first one was recovered by Devin Aromashadu who was very much, who was all over the TV today, all over the football field today, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> both in, to some people, all over the place today, all over the field was Aroma Shadu, and for good and bad reasons, all over the storyline today, we'll say. But he recovered that ball on one of the solid Viking drives down the, down the stretch. I believe this is in the second half, yep, during one of those good drives that did result in a touchdown later on. Fumbled the ball. Recovered by Aroma Shadu, that's good. But then later on, Aroma Shadu, or excuse me, Booker, was put in later on, lost the ball. Just flat out lost it, fumbled. He got basically two carries in this game and fumbled twice. I I, I just, like, really? One of them was lost, one of them wasn't. Of course, in the stat sheet, it just says fumble lost. It doesn't say fumbles. <laughs> but, yeah, literally. The ball came out of his hand the two times he carried the ball. In fact, actually, he carried the ball three times. One of them, he didn't fumble. So, two, three carries and two fumbles, that's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy cannot hang on to the football, no matter what. And it's strange. Like, how could anybody be that bad at hanging on to the football? We thought Adrian Peterson was bad at it. But no, <laughs> this guy's even worse. <laughs> He's even worse. It's strange. Like, it's really strange. Booker, this, uh, this, his actual fumble was later on in the game. Like, I compared him to, like I said, he's worse than Garrison Hurst, Lee Ray Hort, and Adrian Peterson combined, and of course, that's before 2009. Uh, the, the actual fumble fumble was later on in the game, but it was crazy. Uh, back, to, back to Sutter Griffin briefly. Now, after he'd been burned several times in the game, they finally just took him out performance, for performance purposes. Done. Cedric Griffin out. Uh, poor Lorenzo Booker. I'm sorry, but that's it. Uh, <laughs> Christian Ponder had one more decent drive in the game. In the midway through the second quarter, led the Vikings to the touchdown. That was on the first of Lorenzo Booker's fumbles. The, that one was not counted as a loss, of course. The Vikings were able to score on a touchdown. Percy Harvin all over the place, running, catching, everything, and dropping. <laughs> running, catching, and dropping, Percy Harvin. Um was able to make a touchdown. He did get uh, 10 receptions in this game, of course, 99% of them very short, catch and try to kind of screen pass type plays, dump passes. Um, but again, very effective is Percy Harvin. And he was effective during that drive. I mean, straight up right now, if you want to pick an offensive MVP for the 2011 Minnesota Vikings, it's uh, Percy Harvin. I got to think. I absolutely got to think that. So as we continue here, it's just Detroit was able to make it a 31-point uh, first half on a Jason Hansen field goal. Detroit did go up 28-7 to at one point. This was during, yeah, that was after the deep catch, of course, or not the deep catch, that was the Brandon 
Pettigrew to make it 21. And then later on, of course, yep, Detroit got a touchdown. Uh, that was on a <laughs> that was not due to Detroit's offense. This was Christian Ponder throwing a pick six. So he had fumbled already, and then he threw a pick six. Good times right there. Very, very good times indeed. Threw a pick six for a touchdown. And uh, that was pretty much all she wrote for Christian Ponder after that. <sighs> yeah. It was very, very painful for Christian Ponder. <laughs> he got, uh, let's see, how many touchdowns did he get today? He threw for two, he fumbled one and fumbled another. So he got four touchdowns today, two for Detroit, two for Minnesota. So um, <laughs> Christian Ponder racking up those fantasy points for a lot of people today, and we appreciate that. Okay, I'm sorry, but it's fact. It just is. It's fact. Can't, can't, can't avoid it. Pick six Ponder. I mean, what else can I say? That's what he was. Pick six, ponder. Terrible pass. Thrown into coverage. Intercepted. That was his second interception in the game. Officially his third is uh, early in the third quarter. He's like, enough's enough here. That was pretty bad. <laughs> yes, it was. It's like, what What can you do? <laughs> I mean, simply, what, what can you do? The guy is just clearly has a lot to learn, and it's going to be a while. That's pretty much how how it is for some of these guys. In fact, a lot of them. <laughs> Good times indeed there. But, uh, yeah, as mentioned, Jason Hansen was able to kick a chip shot uh, field goal. The Vikings at least kept the lines out of the end zone at the end of the second quarter. But officially, 31 points is their highest, highest point total in the first half since 1985, folks. 1985. Now, here's the million-dollar question. Well, who did Detroit get 31 points against in the uh, in 1985? Oh, the Vikings. Vikings. Mm-hmm. Yep, thank you so very much there. Thanks. <laughs> Terrific. So it's like the frustration continues. Move on into the second half. Interception forced over the body. Christian Ponder, and that was the end of it. That was at the end of the, the like, early in the third quarter. Time for the webmaster, and down the field the Vikings went. He ran down the field, <laughs> did a lot of good passing, or not good passing, but he's able to get the Vikings down the field, mostly with his feet. Like, he can pass a little bit, but not really. <laughs> he's like a really poor man's Michael Vick, you could say. He's inaccurate, uh, but an amazing runner. He's semi-accurate on occasion, but overall an amazing runner. Joe Webb was able to guide the Vikings down to the end zone late in the third quarter for a touchdown, and that was good stuff. In fact, he actually just blew up on this one. <laughs> he basically got the ball in this play and ran the ball down the field, broke loose for a 65-yarder. He made a pass or two down the stretch early and then blew up, just broke down just tackles from Detroit. They couldn't stop him, and that was the end of it. I mean, that was an amazing start for Joe Webb right away. Pretty much stepped onto the field and took the Vikings down into the end zone on his own for the most part. And all of a sudden you have a 10-point game and you're wondering, well, that's weird. Who would have thunk that? Then football got a little bit grindy for a while there. Detroit much later was able to finally get a field goal to make it a 13-point game. But then the fascination started to take over. Webb started completing passes. Gerhardt started getting first downs. Webb was getting first downs. Next thing you know... It was a 34-28 football game, and they made us believers. But then it was plain and simple. Well, yeah, okay, it's 28-34, but the Vikings still have to stop the Detroit Lions. 
Does the Vikings defense have the capability to do that? Well, I don't think so. No, they don't. But then they did. Barely, but they did. They kept the Detroit Lions at bay, just barely. Fourth and two, the Detroit Lions had no choice but to punt, much to the chagrin of the (laughs) the fans. And next thing you know, here come the Vikings again. Uh, Detroit tried to... They barely, barely missed an opportunity to pin the Vikings at the one. And next thing you know, you have uh, Joe Webb has the ball. We're completing passes, a few passes, lots of inaccurate, though. Ugly pass. I mean, Joe Webb, plain and simple, still a very inaccurate passer. I mean, with a very, very inaccurate passer, overthrowing Shanko, underthrowing Shanko, very awkward angles on his passes, massively underthrew, um, was it, uh, I can't remember who it was now. Shanko, massively. Just No, this was Harvin. Uh, two times. The first one, it's like he seemed to kind of, he was running forward. I mean, he just, he, he looks kind of foreign out there as a quarterback. The way <laughs> He'll hike the ball, he'll start kind of clomping around, you know, because he's, you know, stomping his feet, clomping, whatever. Clomping around, running around, and he'll kind of move to the side, move forward a little bit, and then kind of turn into an awkward angle and, like, massively underthrow the ball. Like, his mechanics are... Um, like weird, like they're so off. I've never even seen anything like it. Like I thought, Ponder's mechanics were a little funky when he started. Joe Webb's mechanics are just flat weird <laughs> when he's actually kind of running and passing. It's like they're very unorthodox. They're basically like a wide receiver, a running back, uh, whatever, just getting the ball hiked to him and trying to play quarterback. You know, on this on a certain play. That's kind of what he looks like. He just—he looks like a foreign object at the position, though he's so gall dang athletic. It's unbelievable. So hey, and, and he, whatever he does, he continues to move the Vikings down the field. He almost won the game for us here, but no. Like as I was saying, the inaccuracy very much apparent, underthrown and behind people. So you want the ball to the right, and obviously to catch the ball in stride. And instead, the ball is to your left and like three feet behind you. It's like, well, that's a little bit off there, just a little bit. Uh, there were some opportunities that were just golden. Um, Kyle Rudolph, there was one. Kyle Rudolph was just so wide open. He, it was he was beyond wide open, and the ball was basically uh, uh, elsewhere. Yeah, the ball was about five yards short and about a yard or two off to the left. It's like, whoa, whoa, where where, where was that? <laughs> It's just kind of like it's a bunch of guys that are just, you know, they, they haven't practiced together enough. They don't know each other's tendencies, and that's part of what happened, I'm sure. But it was a little weird, you know, because obviously when you're not the starting quarterback, you don't get to work with the guys nearly as much as the starter, and that's kind of what the case is. But at the same time, as mentioned, Ahab is uh, not the most orthodox quarterback to ever play in the National Football League. Oh, no. He's not. <laughs> and uh, it showed big time. But at the same time, the guy got the team down the field, and that's what counts in this particular game. You need you needed some type of energy, some type of hope for the Viking fans. But the best part is you needed hope for the Viking fans. You know why you needed hope for them? So you could so you could just, so you could dash their hopes. Get our hopes up and ah, crush them. Crush them under your absolute, you know, just just crush them un, under your cleats. There you go. Uh, Percy Harvin. A terrible pass by Ponder. Harvin, of course, not ready for the way, or Ponder, by Webb. 
again underneath or yeah underthrown and to the end of the wrong side it wasn't over the shoulder it was way way back there somewhere basically it was at Harvin's ankles <laughs> and way behind him as well <laughs> on the other side or way to the left or whatever it was because um, it looked like Harvin was going to curl inside the ball went outside so miscommunication or just flat inaccurate probably a combination of both um that was, of course, when the Vikings did get the goal line after a couple of uh, after a massive fourth down gain by uh, Toby Gerhardt again, who has been who has been huge this, the past couple of weeks in that category, third and fourth downs. Webb making big plays as well, getting those huge first downs, showing athleticism like you've like you've almost never seen at the position, like even better than Vic, <laughs> you know, when Vic was younger. Um, but yeah, we get to the goal line, you get through everything you can to get there. You spike the ball. <laughs> of course, the first time you miss, yeah, as mentioned, you miss Harvard. But then here we go. This is it. The moment of truth. 12 seconds left in the game. What happens? Well, they kind of crowd the uh, the pocket. Webb starts to come out of the pocket. Uh, tries to get out of there. Ball's just flat knocked right out of his hand. I forget who the defender is. But, you know, Lions defender knocks the ball out of his hands. Ball bounces, just kicked around about 100,000 times and whatever. Game's over. Bleep this. And there you go, we're 2-11. All right, we're going to talk about the New Orleans game. No, I'm just <laughs> But no, that's basically what about it, though. Like, okay, this game's over, screw it. And that's what you feel like as a Viking fan. You, they take, they get that close to the goal line. Vikings are that close to finishing one of the more entertaining and remarkable comebacks in, in a while here, in quite a while. And, as usual, they don't finish the job. And just like the games against like Green Bay and, and Denver and such, the Vikings did not finish the job. And like I said, this is a team that refuses to win. <laughs> so, is there any reason why I should believe the Vikings can beat the uh, New Orleans Saints next week? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, regardless of what I believe... Regardless of what all of the other Viking fans out there believe, we're going to talk about that game right for this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 104, which is a reminder for all of you iPod users along with, and also other MP3 players like the Microsoft Zune and others. So thank you again for listening to this show on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. So yes, the New Orleans Saints come to town. Oh, when the Saints, oh, when the Saints, oh, when the Saints come marching in. Yeah, you can just feel the uh, excitement. You know, well, we can make up for that NFC Championship game. Of course, the uh, the the implications of the the uh, you know the the importance level of this game is is so much similar is so similar to the NFC title game in two thousand nine, isn't it? No, <laughs> the Saints are fighting for home field advantage in the well, at least to try to get the number two seed. We'll say <laughs> in the NFC, they ain't going to get number one. We all know who that is. It's Ova. Saints having three losses and the Packers having thirteen wins. 
well, they just need one win or loss and it's completely over. The Green Bay Packers will have home field advantage and will be heavily favored to win the entire Galdern thing. Yes, they will. But uh, before we get to the Saints game, <laughs> got a couple of quotes uh, from Tony Coleman on the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Uh, Tony Coleman been nice enough to Purple Mafia here on the Facebook account. And I do appreciate it also very much. So, Tony, you get the famous gold star for this episode. Thank you again, Tony Coleman, for uh, your loyalty to this show. And, of course, to the Minnesota Vikings. Well, your your uh, <laughs> contributions will not be uh, forgotten at all. The contributions will not go unnoticed. That's a better way to put it. Thank you very much, Tony Coleman, for that. And... Uh, there you go. So, let's start reading what he has to say first. Um, his comments on today's game today. Again, no call-ins. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877 is the phone line. So, we'll get to that later. But um, no call-ins today that I know of. Uh, those of you who do call in, 209-736-7877. All right. So, Tony Coleman says, Wow, only two Viking possessions. But this is embarrassing already. And now, after his second interception for a touchdown with a score of 27-7, to I'm beginning to think I thought a little too highly of Ponder. He's been absolutely sucktastic the past couple games. And yeah, see, it's like after two possessions, it was 14 nothing basically. And yeah, later on, that was the later on part when he said, and now second interception. Um, he continued on later on, like about mm, half an hour later. So basically, Tony Coleman there, starting to feel a little, uh, you know, starting to feel a little of the work and ponder here. Like, we're all so excited about him. Should we be? Um, it's one of those deals. If This is kind of a catch-22. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't here, in a way. You know, you don't want to get too high on the guy, but at the same time, it's too early to flat out be like, oh god, he's done. And I know Tony Coleman is not meaning that here, but how good is Ponder going to be? It's it's really, really, really hard to say. Like, I mean, it's really hard to say how good Christian Ponder is going to be. And shoot, Andrew Luck could come out next year, you know, if and when he's drafted by the Indianapolis Colts, and we're all pretty much expecting that to be the uh, ultimate uh, result, that Andrew Luck will be an Indianapolis Colt, eventually replacing the, uh, the extremely injured... Um, <laughs> Peyton Manning, of course. Oh, and 13 Colts, their most, their 100% chance going to win the, uh, the lottery here, or win the lottery. You know, yeah, basically you could call it winning the lottery. But yeah, they're going to get the Andrew Luck sweepstakes. I mean, why wouldn't they take him at this point? You have no idea what to think about Peyton Manning. But no, Viking fans are not 100% sure what to think about Christian Ponder. And yeah, during Viking fan line, which I listened to briefly today, I like to listen to it longer on KFAN, but today, briefly, that's the feeling I'm getting from the sort of Viking fans out there. They're, the worm is turning a little bit. Fans are starting to doubt Christian Ponder and Joe Webb's performance today. His unbelievably sick athletic ability today made fans wonder, what the hell? Like, Joe Webb is great. Christian Ponder has cost the Vikings a couple games here in a lot of ways. Uh, the, you can't really, yeah, you can't blame it all on Webb for fumbling the ball because, well, yeah, it totally sucks, and it's kind of similar to what Ponder did last week. But Christian put us in the massive deficit in the first place with the fumble and the pick six and the other interception as well. The other two interceptions as well that were pretty 
devastating, to say the least. You know, it, it's it's pretty pretty unbelievable. It is. Uh, what the hell happened? You know, it's like what the hell happened today in a way. So no, it's. It makes you wonder: Is Christian Ponder just going to be one of those Rex Grossman types, and you pray to God that's not the case? I kind of don't think he's going to be like that, but you never know. I, you know, I, I don't even know how to compare Ponder right now. Clearly the guy has guts, but he needs to calm down a little bit. He does. He needs to calm down a little bit out there because it's going gonna, it's gonna to put him in a very tough position here. He keeps making mistakes like this. People are going to be like, dude, this is Rex Grossman. He's going to turn himself into Rex Grossman if he doesn't calm down a little bit. That is not what we want here in Minnesota is a Rex flipping Grossman or a Trent Dilfer who went number two overall to the Bucks many years ago. Two, number two overall, folks. Think about that. Trent bleeping Dilfer went number two overall. Uh-huh. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, let's continue. Um, Coleman responds later on, or excuse me, not responds, but uh, jumps in again later on and says, holy balls, so bleeping close. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Joe Webb, for doing as well as you did. So basically he is like, that was unbelievable, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to translate it. Of course, everybody knows what he said there. I don't know. Sorry about that, Tony. I'm being weird. Um, awesome job by Joe Webb there. Yeah. I mean, an, an awesome job, Joe Webb, getting us back in the game. But, of course, very painful, very frustrating how it ended. That's the whole key there. It, why does this team refuse to win games? Why do linebackers refuse to make tackles on key third downs? Why do the secondary have to be miles behind the receivers time and time again. Why does the secondary have to miss tackles on, on uh, tight ends and such and, and uh, receivers say on like second and 20 or something like that? Why does this team refuse to make tackles? Why do the, the does the offensive line refuse to block at the key parts of the game? I mean, Joe Webb should not have gotten rushed the way he was rushed at that goal line. Uh, uh, in other positions in previous games in this season, key fourth downs, key third downs, the offensive line, pfft, nothing. You know, it, it's a team that refuses to win. This is not a team that that this is not a team that plays with a formula to win. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. And Dan Taylor did talk in this game. It looked like Tony Coleman because pictures kind of similar. That's weird. That is the strangest thing I've ever seen. So I got that confused there. The coloring in the picture is so remarkably similar. <laughs> That's weird. It's a shade. Okay. But this is Dan Taylor. His, he uh, jumps in and says, terrible, terrible game. But <laughs> to get so close at the end and still lose, I feel sick. And I completely, completely second that, Dan. Completely second that. You come so close and lose. It's, it's depressing. And yes, you're 2-11. You're not going anywhere. We know that. Or we were 2-10 coming in, so to speak. We know that, but that would have been so fun. It would have felt so good. Like, what a cool finish. That was fun. What an amazing comeback. And screw those cocky Detroit Lions, who everybody jumped on their bandwagon early in the season. Oh, the Lions, the Lions, the Lions. I hope they win every game except against the Vikings. Well, their coach is a jackass, and and Dominican Sue is a punk, and whatever. You know, why do, why do people like these guys so much? I don't like the Detroit Lions much at all. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. I prefer the Bears over the Lions. And you guys know that already about 100 times. Yeah, the Bears are my second favorite team in the NFC. And they probably, NFC North. Not the NFC. Well, maybe. Yeah, NFC North. But, um, and they probably will be forever. I mean, the Packers? Hell no. I hate them. 
hate them with a passion. Detroit, I hate them with a passion. So it's more Minnesota and Chicago. Classic classic NFL teams right there, as far as I'm concerned. Green Bay would be that if I didn't hate them so much, but that's not going to change. So there you go. Why do people like these guys so much in Detroit? I, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. And, um, yeah, we would have been able to totally screw up everything for them. At 7-6, and six, and a loss, a crushing, crushing loss at home to the last place Vikings, the worst the worst record in the NFC, that would have been a crushing blow to that to that football team and probably would have cost them a playoff appearance. But instead, guess what? They're 8-5, and five and on they go. So we're finally going to review the New Orleans Saints game. We're going to finally get to the review of the New Orleans Saints game. Um, well, plain and simple, because, uh, you know, we could kind of segue because of how I was talking. The playoff scenario, the playoff picture, all that good stuff. The New Orleans Saints are 10-3, and three, folks, and they're fighting for the number two seed in the NFC. The Green, the San Francisco 49ers lost today to the Arizona Cardinals. A, there, there's a devastating loss as far as I'm concerned. Why the hell did the 49ers lose to the Cardinals today? That's devastating. It could cost the, uh, it honestly could cost the 49ers home field. Though as of right now, they are the number two team in the, they are the number two. They do have, still hold the number two seed because their conference record is 8-2. New Orleans is a 6-3, so as of right now, the Saints are the third seed. They still need to uh, mathematically come ahead of San Francisco here. They need to win one more game, basically, than San Francisco in the final three. We'll see how that goes. But unfortunately, they're probably going to win number 11 next week in the Metrodome or Mall of America Field or whatever the heck you're going to call it. But no, Detroit is now technically the, uh, well, you could call them the the fifth seed in the NFC. Excuse me, the sixth seed. They would be the sixth seed because Dallas would be four right now if they win tonight against the New York Giants. They're seven and five as of right now. Um, So there you go. Detroit is now in the playoff picture. They would have been essentially out of it in a lot of ways. Well, maybe not out of it, but they would have been in big trouble, especially if Chicago won today, which they just did not do, unfortunately, for for them. They couldn't beat Denver, and nobody's going to beat Denver this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might make some kind of goofy, bold prediction later on. We'll see if I get to it. I'm, you know, we'll see. We'll see if I remember. It's not important. To the task at hand, the New Orleans Saints. Well, Number two offense in all of football. We all know who number one is. It's Green Bay, but the New Orleans Saints offense with Drew Brees is off the charts, sick, awesome, unbelievable. Very similar to Green Bay, just not quite as good because Aaron Rodgers is even better than Drew Brees, but really Brees, absolutely, you know, best quarterback in the world. He's, he's absolutely amazing. So why would the Vikings secondary stop the New Orleans Saints? <laughs> <laughs> home game or not, you really think this Viking secondary is going to have any chance against the Saints? No. I don't care how hurt some members of the Saints may be. I, I just... <laughs> no. It, it, it's just not going to happen. The Saints are going to run all over the Vikings or pass all over the Vikings. I don't know about run, but they will pass all over the Vikings. Absolutely. Saints kind of have like a running back eye committee. But their passing game is unbelievable. The accuracy and efficiency of Drew Brees is just sick. Uh, they played the Tennessee Titans today, who have a halfway decent uh, defense in Tennessee, who did lose Matt Hasselback today, but Jay Locker came in and played okay. Got a lot of yards, not the highest completion percentage, but a lot of yards and no turnover. 
so that's good. Uh, but Drew Brees completed 36 of 47 passes today. That is sick. That is unbelievable, unbelievably high percentage, almost 80%. Uh, just awesome. Only two touchdowns, which is kind of funny. That's low for him <laughs> with the way he plays. Uh, but, yeah, you have a healthy Marcus Colston. Darren Sproles is all over the place. He's, he's one of the best receiving backs in football. Devery Henderson's always dangerous. Pierre Thomas is a threat here and there. Lance Moore, on rare occasion, does a little something here and there. But, I mean, what what, what can you say? Uh, Christopher Ivory has emerged a little bit in New Orleans. But, really, overall, it's a running back by committee. you got Ivory, Sproles, and Thomas. But, hey, it's a better committee than the Vikings have right now. And you got Toby Gerhardt and and <laughs> and Lorenzo Fumbler. I mean, that's all Lorenzo Booker does is fumble. So I don't know. Uh, the Saints' defense. Well, it's kind of middle of the road, a little bit below middle of the road in the numbers given up. Their uh, their rush defense definitely better than their pass defense. In fact, they only give up 114 yards a game on the ground. That's actually on the above average side. That is good stuff overall. But their uh, their defense in general is still always a threat, always a danger to throw turnovers. Though their overall turnover numbers not as scary as in the past. Only seven interceptions. That's one of the lowest in football, believe it or not. Uh, though they forced twelve fumbles in the game, seven interceptions as mentioned, uh, and they have one pick six going into this game. Vikings don't have a pick six, which is funny, <laughs> and they have even less interceptions than the Saints. Um, but overall, the Saints defense is it's still there. It's still decent. Though, yeah, the turnover is not as dangerous as, as in the past, but you know that still the possibility still exists and persists, as I like to say. I, I cannot, I cannot and will not pick the New Orleans Saints to lose in the Metrodome against the Vikings. I can't do it. I can't pick the Vikings to win this game. Jared Allen is single-handedly carrying the Vikings defense in fact, the Vikings are leading the NFL in sacks because of Jared Allen. That's how good Jared Allen is. In fact, they're tied to the Houston Texans. No, 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 no. They're, they're tied at second to the Houston Texans behind the Baltimore Ravens at 41. So pardon me. Quick on the fly correction there. But uh, the Saints are not going to... The Vikings are not going to beat the New Orleans Saints next week. There's no reason to believe that. We can't beat Detroit. We can't beat Denver. We can't beat the Bears. <laughs> Somehow we beat Carolina, who's who lost to the Saints today at home, because Carolina loses about as much as we do. Uh, New Orleans is just going to do their thing. They're going to get a trillion yards. They're going to do what they're going to do. Because <laughs> they can score on anybody, and they're going to continue to do that. New Orleans will highly eclipse 30 points. I mean, Denver eclipsed 30 points against the Minnesota Vikings, ladies and gentlemen. Denver eclipsed 30 points against the Vikings. And I know that wasn't all because of Tim Tebow throwing four touchdown passes, but he had a pretty damn good game against the Vikings, considering Tim Tebow is one of the um, one of the least inspiring passers in the in the history of football <laughs> so far, uh, next to Joe Webb. But but also is a dangerous runner, and he did a lot of running against the Vikings, just like Webb did against Detroit. But uh, the Saints will easily clear thirty in the game, thirty five, thirty eight, whatever. They're going to easily do that. Um, is Ponder going to start next week? Yeah. Christian Ponder is going to start next week, barring injury, barring that hip pointer being worse, or something else coming up, or him going insane and blowing up at the coach in the locker room. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, 
Christian Ponder will start next week, and he will probably have another turnover or two. He probably won't have four. He probably won't. Detroit's got, Detroit gets more turnovers than uh, the Saints do this year, but it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those games, folks. It's just gonna be the same old thing. It's gonna be you know it's gonna be similar to Oakland. Oakland Raiders, the way they came in and, and kind of trounced the Vikings at home without really making it look like an absolute obliteration, but you look at the scoreboard and you're like, yeah, we got beat pretty bad. So I'm going to go with 35-14. to 35-14. Ah, ah, 35-17, there. Two touchdowns and a field goal for the Vikings in the game. No turnovers forced by the Vikings defense. Nope. Jared Allen will get a sack, but that's it. Christian Ponder will throw one or two touchdowns. And whatever. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll sneak in a field goal in there. Maybe we'll get 21 points. Whatever. But they're not going to match what the Saints do. I might even, I'm being generous. I'm being kind by saying the Saints are going to score 35 against this horrible, horrible defense. So 35-17 is your final next week. The New Orleans Saints will pass all over this horrible, horrible secondary. Cedric Griffin, will he ever play again for this team? You know, quite frankly, I couldn't care less if he ever sets foot in Minnesota again. Unless he's an opponent, then I'll love it, and we need to pass the crap out of him. But, of course, you know what will happen, right? Oh, gosh darn it, Cedric Griffin was, you know, the Vikings just didn't know what they're doing, and now he's the now he's the next Ed Reed, right? <laughs> no, that won't ever happen. Um, and I don't mean to stomp on a guy who's been hurt before, but at the same time, when the guy's attitude is as crappy as, as it is, you know what, screw him. You suck, you're hurt. I mean, yeah, you're hurt. I understand that. But you're sucking so bad, you probably shouldn't be in the game, and your attitude sucks even worse on top of it. So, quite frankly, I couldn't care less if I ever see Cedric Griffin in an NFL uniform again. You know? Unless it would be fun to see him as a Packer and pass on him, but we'll worry about that when the time comes. (laughs) Task at hand. (laughs) I have no idea what's going to happen to Cedric Griffin next week. I mean, they took him out of the game today because it was just enough's enough. And you really think, <laughs> you really think that uh, that uh, the Detroit quarterback, we'll call him that, yeah, Matthew Stafford, yeah, with the, with the field day he had on Cedric Griffin today, do you really think Drew Brees is going to have a, any type of a less less of a <laughs> effort against Cedric Griffin next week? <laughs> you think he's not going to pass all over him if he's given the opportunity? And Jamarcus Stanford, who's not that good either. Hussein Abdullah, I don't even know where he is anymore. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, I don't know. Quite frankly, he's just disappeared as well. Tyrell Johnson, whenever he plays, it's just getting beat again. Asher Allen, meaningless. I mean, this secondary needs to be completely overhauled with talent. It does. It does. It's it's sad, but but it's true. Especially the cornerback position. Um, Drew Brees, yeah, there's no doubt about it what's going to happen. So I've made my point, and I've rehashed it too much, so we're going to kind of move to to the end of the show. Again, I thank you guys for listening to this deal here. It's terrific. So let's get to the contact details. As mentioned, in the past, Pro Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes, but on the sportstuff.com, the website, there is a message board we'd like you to join. Go to it. Simply click on the button that says TSS Boards. Join by clicking Register. Signing up, screen name, very simple stuff. Talk to other fans in split up in divisions. The forums are split up in divisions, so there you go. 
cool idea by uh, executive producer and uh, founder Dylan Richardson of thesportstuff.com. Do give us some support by joining those boards, and uh, it would be terrific. Also, if you could give the Facebook a like, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, and or twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Those are two ways you can reach me very much, very easily. Very easily you can reach me, or, yeah, I'd rather you just prefer, I'd just rather you just prefer to reach me on there or even in the uh, on my Facebook uh, account. My name is Joey Awajan. You can see my name on iTunes and on the website. You can see how to spell it. You can look me up on Facebook and add me as a friend. I mean, I'm, I'm, my, I extend my hand, folks. I'm here. I'm here to be your friend if you'd like. You can talk to me whenever, <laughs> whenever I'm available <laughs> on Facebook or whatever. You can always just send a private, ma- you know, those messages, whatever. Not, I mean, instant message or the private messages, you know, those little messages, whatever, to contact me for whatever reason. You want to give out an opinion, you want to ask a question, or you want to advertise on the on the show, hey, <laughs> the more the merrier in that category, but the more the merrier in every category. be terrific. So, with that said, we are going to call it a show. We next week for episode 105, barring some other bullcrap coming up. Um, I don't think there will be any bullcrap coming up. So, again, thank you for listening, and, uh, well... Go draft pick. Mm-hmm.